0: DJ, I got a question for you, brother. Yes, sir. Do you rock with intro music? Hey, I'm good with whatever, man. I'm not, I'm
1: not a WWE fighter by any stretch of the imagination. I don't need to walk out nothing. But if you want some intro, I'm good with some intro.
0: You know what? I've never actually been a fan of intro music. So how about for this episode, we actually skip the intro music. You cool with that? I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Boom. All right, cool. My name is Deshaun Stevens. And I'm DJ Lolama. And welcome to Take It or Leave It, the show where we deliver U-Sports football news for all 27 different schools. DJ, my brother, talk to me. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. It's nice to get out of that training camp grind and come
0: join you on the beautiful 1080p display here. Yo, shout out to you because you're actually participating right now in Manitoba Bison's training camp as a special teams coordinator and linebacker coach. So talk to me. How's that going right now, bro?
1: It's a grind, man. I mean, I think it's the same across the country, right? I mean, these, these student athletes are putting in, you know, 12 hour days, getting ready for the season Uh, coaches. I mean, they're putting in their time too. So I think everyone's excited. Um, There's kind of that anxious, you know, um, nervousness at the same time to make sure that you can get everyone prepared the way that you want them to be prepared, you know, to hit the gate running. Uh, I'm super excited to see football back, you know, this weekend, starting out with the, with the preseason out in the OUA and uh, can West next week.
0: And, you know, here we go. No, I totally hear you. A quick question. Do you miss the training camp grind as a former player yourself?
1: You know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I mean, the the further I got in my CFL career, the more vet days I started accumulating in in training camp. Um, You know, I think you you sit out there and you're like day five and and all these days just start blending together. You know what I mean? And and you see some of these pops, you see some of these hits that the kids make and you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm pretty good on this side of the, I'm pretty good on this side of the sideline, but um, no, man, I, I miss it. You know, again, just that, that excitement. You know, there, there's nothing like a locker room to bring people together. Um, and I think every time, right, everyone's zero and zero, right? Everyone's got that same opportunity in front of them. So I think it's it's a super exciting time and to still be a part of it, you know, wearing the coaching hat, um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So
0: I definitely agree with you in terms of missing the grind. Um, and I also definitely agree with you in terms of just some days looking the exact same. I remember there will be days where I don't even know if it's Monday tuesday wednesday i don't know what day of the week it is and i don't know what time it is i just know the sun is up and i know the sun's going down uh, so i definitely uh resonate with you when you say that but listen i think you just created a perfect segue for us to get straight into it listen you said it yourself oua season uh, aus and rcq season starting on the 27th um we got the canada west season starting the weekend of the second and the third i'm excited I know you're excited for multiple reasons, including the fact that you got your own team uh, to be rooting after. Uh, So I'm curious to know, DJ, let's get right into it. Which teams are you excited to see touch the field this season in 2022? Fair fair
1: question to start. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm wearing the bias right here, so I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, I'm excited to see our own guys. Uh, You know, I've seen the the work they've put in over the offseason, much like every other program across the country, but um, I'm excited for our own guys to take the field for sure. But uh, besides the Manitoba bias, um, I'm really excited to see what UBC does in Kent West. Um, super young team. I mean, well coached, of course, with, with Coach Nell out there. Um, you know, adding Stevenson Bone as an OC. You know, I think that's a new wrinkle that, that Kent West hasn't seen yet. Um, you know, they're running back there. Um, you know, Isaiah Knight, you know, had a great freshman campaign. See what he can do now in his second year. Rooker, the quarterback. Um, and then obviously, I mean, they got those two massive offensive tackles and, and a great D end and um, I think they're a team to watch out in, in Canada West.
0: What, what do you got for the OUA? Hold up. I want to touch on UBC because you make some really good points there. Uh, their quarterback, Garrett Rooker, he had a really good rookie campaign last season. He was an import quarterback from Texas, and he's adjusted to the Canadian game phenomenally. I'm curious to see what that year two jump looks like. Um, ever since Michael O'Connor graduated, the big, biggest thing that the UBC Thunderbirds have needed is that next great quarterback to step in. And I think Garrett Rooker is that guy. You make that point about Stevenson Bone coming in to be the new offensive coordinator. Well, what was he back in the day? He was a quarterback at Western, right? So I'm curious to see how Stevenson Bone has worked with Garrett Rooker over the course of the offseason to help him make that year two jump. And I'm also curious to see the offense that Stevenson Bone has implemented at UBC after spending time at places such as Western back in his days as a player and also at Guelph back in the day as a a coach for a little bit. I think UBC is a sleeper team. Um, I'm curious to see just uh, how that that new offense looks uh, entering 2022. I don't
1: think anybody's sleeping on them, to be honest. You know, I, I think the <laughs> yeah. they think, I mean, they 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 came on strong as the season went on, and and that's you know typical of, of a Blake Neal coach team as well, yeah. right? I mean, when when the games start to matter, I mean, they start showing up, and um, you know, yeah, they they got a great team across the board, you know, on on the roster for sure. Um, and if they can build off what they did last year, I mean, they're going to give teams some problems and uh, defenses have to be ready for sure.
0: Well, I know your defense will be ready, so I know you're good. I know you're good. <laughs> All right, we'll, try to be. we'll try to be. All right. So for moving to me, listen, I got a list that I put together for the show. It's five teams, five teams I'm looking out for in 2022. It's a long list. Let's see how fast we can get through it. Here we go. So the first team on my list, out of respect, I think it has to be the defending national champion Western Mustangs. Uh, Let's let's just be real, out of respect, okay? Um, But but they're actually a pretty exciting football team, right? I do think they're going to be the favorites to go back to the Vanier Cup for two primary reasons. One being that they're returning a lot of key starters on offense. And then two, they're actually hosting the damn Vanier Cup. And I think that's added motivation for them to want to get back there and play that game in front of their home fans. Um... But no, I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch in 2022 on both sides of the ball. And I think I'm especially curious to see specifically what they do in terms of their run game, um, their pass game. I think I'm excited to see what Keon Edwards brings to the table and how he looks entering his, what is it, third year, I guess? What happens? I'm
1: interested to see what happens with him, though, because there was a little running back by committee last year, right? And that's typical of Greg Marshall-led offense, exactly. right? I played at Western for a year. I was there when it was with the Riva, the San Vitos, the Vargas, right? And I mean, they try and spread the ball as, as much as they can. But when you have a stud like that in Keon, you know, and, and you've graduated Bovano, right, amongst others, you know, I wonder, you know, what that split truly looks like now. You know, yeah. can Keon handle an increased load? I mean, I'd like to say yes based on his his portfolio, right, of, of last year. But I mean, that's gonna be something I think to keep everyone's eye on.
0: You're 100% right. Western has historically run the ball by committee, and you mentioned Varga and Riva. I remember in some of your later years as well, it was Cedric Joseph and Alex Taylor. Uh, last year, it was Trey Humes and Keon Edwards, and I think this year, it's going to be Keon Edwards and Edward Winotti. Uh he, he was their third string running back last year. Obviously, he didn't get, a, get much PT because you're playing behind two all-Canadian caliber running backs. Uh, but he was a guy that came in. I, I remember specifically in the Ace Cup against Queens uh, in the third and fourth quarter, and he had a pretty good game. And then he also came in during the Mitchell Mitchell Bowl against Saint FX. And I remember in the third and fourth quarter, he rushed for two hundred and thirty-eight yards and three touchdowns. Right? He's a big boy. He's six foot two, uh, two hundred and five pounds as of last year. He probably might have grown over the over the last you know uh, four or five months. Right? And he, he's a Quebec guy, so you know how they make them in Quebec, right? So. I think this year the the tandem that Western is going to go by will be Keon Edwards and Edward Winati, Keon Edwards being the small shifty back who can attack through holes and kind of, you know, shake shake off tackles and and I think they're going to use obviously Edward Winati is that, you know, north south guy, head down, um bruiser back who can kind of like bully his way around and do whatever he wants.
1: And I think on Western too, I mean, there's two position or skill position guys that I think also, you know, are going to jump out, right? Savon, the wide receiver. And I mean, obviously, I mean, you got Kojo at DB, you know, in my opinion, one of the best athletes in youth sport football, period, regardless of position. And I think with those two guys, I mean, Savon's going to be a a matchup nightmare, you know, for everybody, you know, that he goes against one-on-one. And I mean, I think Kojo basically is going to eliminate, you know, the top receiver from most other teams. So, you know, they can use the RPO there with those two big running backs, right? They can use, you know, Evan, Evans, you know, matured now, right, going into his next season. You know, can they use the RPO, open up a little bit more, you know, for Savon over the middle, um, you know, and bring in that passing game maybe more than they than they used to? Um, they're a well-balanced team, man, and, and they're going to be scared. Uh, you know, That's I think they will to be ready. And like you said, there's that added pressure, but I think pressure is a privilege too, you know? And I think that that team and, and the coaching staff there, I mean, They're notorious for for showing up. So, you know, I expect the same this season as well.
0: Yeah, I'm totally aligned with you there. You touch on Kojo, I fully expect him to be an all-Canadian defensive back this season. And then you touch on Savon Magnet-Jones, I fully expect him to be an all-Canadian, probably uh, one of the top two receivers in the OUA, along with Clark Barnes. So they're going to be one, two. But another person I'm excited to see is Evan Hillock. Because we got to remember, he was a rookie last season. Vanya Cup MVP and you know, rookie of the year, but he wasn't even a day one starter, you know, when the season started. So I'm excited to see what that year two jump looks like. Anyways, enough about Western. The next team on my list, this may surprise you, the Calgary Dinos. I'm excited to see Calgary. You
1: you almost have to be. I mean, when you lose 96% of your offense, Yeah. and I, hold on, hold on. Before we go back to the U Sport thing, I mean, how about what the full are doing right now in the CFL? I mean, to see them show up, you know, you're starting to see packages that are basically created to get them touches. Um, I mean, they're both balling out. So kudos to both of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm equally as excited. I mean, brand new quarterback, you know, they got to replace all that. I mean, obviously Durkin's going to do his thing again and, and probably have an increased role there with the Philpots moving on. But I mean, a Wayne Harris, you know, led team, um, they're going to come back. They're not okay with how last season ended. And I'm excited to see, you know, what they can put on the field too.
0: Exactly. And to your point about the Philpots, shout us to them because they have been doing great things ever since they've gone to the CFL. Uh, Tyson, ever since he stepped foot in Montreal he's been bond since day one he's had his big receptions he's had his big touchdowns Um, he was pivotal in uh, Montreal's week 10 win over Winnipeg Uh, he had 151 yards returning uh, 14.8 yards per return and he even had a game saving return on the final play of the game when Winnipeg went for a game-winning field goal missed and he returned it out of the end zone to avoid the game-winning Rouge so shout outs to him and then of course uh Jalen the next day right big return uh, his first touchdown from Bo by Mitchell those two have been balling I met them back in March when they were in Toronto for the CFL combine I got the opportunity to hang out with them show them around the city they are great people and I cannot be even more I can't be more happy for what they're doing right now so big ups to them and then to your point of ball, Calgary you're 100% right they just lost 96% of their offense there's no Phil Potts there's no Josiah Joseph I do see uh, Nathaniel Durkin taking a big step this year to become that number one receiver, but what does the rest of the offense look like, right? This is a powerhouse program, and it's rare that we get to see a powerhouse program sit in the middle of that rebuilding phase. So I'm curious to see who Wayne Harris was able to recruit this off season and what that next era of Dinos football looks like, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, considering what we've been treated to for the last like five years. Like we've been spoiled as football fans, okay? Um, But I just don't see a Wayne Harris led team missing the playoffs two straight years in a row. So I want to see what they're coming with this year. Okay, uh, next on my list, I have the Montreal Caravan. And I think the biggest thing we have to remember when we think about Montreal is that this is a team that was five seconds away from going to the Vanier Cup last year. If if Adam McHart doesn't have the game of his life in the utech Bowl, um, this is a team that's playing for a national championship in 2021. Um, what normally, the biggest thing you think about in the RCQ is always, uh, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Montreal? Is it going to be Laval? That's the biggest rivalry in arguably the biggest rivalry in U sports football. Last year, Montreal owned that rivalry, and they owned that conference. They swept Laval in their season series and, you know, uh, and walked, basically walked their way to the Dunsmore Cup. Um, I'm interested to see Jonathan Senecal in his second year. This was a guy who was in his first year last season. I don't know if you know this. uh, Senecal was actually originally a commit to UConn, and I think he decommitted, and I don't know what happened, but he found his way back in Canada. So I'm excited to see how his year two looks like as well as Hussein Doso, their rookie receiver from last year. He was a top five receiver in the nation. And then also Bertrand Boulieu uh, their, their veteran running back. He's a north-south guy, uh, similar to Edward Winati. Uh He's a big body. Um, so I'm curious to see how that offense looks in, in 2022. Um, as you can see, I'm the offensive guy. You're the defensive guy. So I'll let you speak a little bit about the defense.
1: I think the biggest thing, too, is they brought Quisimo back, right? He's a no, um, the old quarterback that won a Vanier for him, and, and he's back with the program now. And I think you're starting to see the benefit of that 2014 Vanier Cup win, right? I mean, you're, you're starting to see, you know, all the work that Daniel Machocha, you know, Byron Archambault, those guys have put in, you know, and, and recruiting over the course of those two, three, four years, you know, and now you're really reaping the reward of that as a program. Um, obviously, bringing a, an NCAA-caliber quarterback, you know, back home, um, that expedites that process for sure. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're a powerhouse now. And they have been, right, since, since you know, 2012, 2013, mostly yeah. in 14 when they when they actually beat us and the national semi went on to win it. Um, but they're, they're a great program. They got a ton of support out there in Montreal. Um, I'm just excited to see, you know, what they're able to do in year two. Like you said, it's a lot of fresh faces. You got, a, a you know, a good blend of old and new. Um, but that window is definitely open for them in the RSEC. And, you know, I have them coming out of the RSEC this year.
0: Yeah, I got them coming out the RSCQ as well. And again, we have to remember that this was a team that was five seconds away from going to the Vanier Cup. Again, if Adam MacHard does not have the game of his life, then we're talking about who wins the Vanier Cup between Western and Montreal in 2021, right? So, um, I definitely have them coming out of the conference again. <laughs> Maybe going to the Vanier Cup. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. Okay, so um, up next on my five-team list, which is proven to be a long-ass list, I'm going to take it over to the Atlantic, all right? Because we got to, you know, get some AUS representation in there, all right? Um, I'm going to go with St. Effects. So this was a team that had a couple of playoff struggles in the late 2010s, missed the playoffs in, a, in, a, in back-to-back seasons, and then last year came out of nowhere, went undefeated, and won the Loney Bowl. And a large part of that was due to their rookie quarterback or first-year eligibility quarterback, Salas Fagnon, all right? Uh, he threw for 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he statistically had the greatest season of any rookie quarterback since Hugo Richard uh, back in 2014, so that old Laval quarterback. And um, obviously, when you think about the great rookie campaigns in U-sports history, you're going to think about, like, Michael O'Connor in 2015, and you're going to think about even Evan Hillock last season. Uh, but Salas Fagnon up there, right? He's a, he's a solid young guy. So I, I got sane effects winning the aus again i got them coming out the conference i'm spoiling my damn picks but um yeah i think that's a team to look out for in 2022 all right and then uh yo my last team to look out for 2022 i got concordia that's my team right there concordia
1: concordia is a dark horse man (laughs) i mean with that that quarterback olivier roy did last year i mean having his number one target back and jalen greaves i mean that that's, that's a scary duo. Um, you know, they're a well-coached program. You know, they, they, they battled hard last year um, and, and they're now they're battle tested, you know? So we, we talked earlier on about how Montreal and Laval were kind of the, you know, the 1A, 1B for the last 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I think there's a 1C now. And I think, you know, while Olivier Roy there I think Concordia is in that mix. And uh, you know, the old adage on any given Sunday um, Concordia is going to play those teams hard. And uh, they got, they got a true playmaker in, in Greaves on, on, at the wide receiver spot. And if Roy does what he does last year, I mean, he's a, he's a heck nominee out of, out of the RSEC for sure.
0: I'm totally with you on that. And listen, you look at what Olivier Roy did last year, 2,470 passing yards, 18 total touchdowns. He's the truth. It doesn't get any better than that. Right. Uh, but here's a fun fact for you. Concordia, they had the top ranked passing offense in the country last season. We all know that, but they also had a bottom five ranked defense. They had one of the worst defenses in the nation. Right. And anytime I see a situation like that, where you have a team where the offense is amazing and the defense is lackluster, I always think back to the Waterloo days when they on their offense, they had Trey Ford, Dion Pellerin, Tyler Tarnowski, Gordon Lamb, Richmond and Ketia. The list goes on. Um, They had an amazing offense, oftentimes, you know, the most talented offense in the country, but they always had. A not so good defense, even though their defense had great individual players like Tyrell Ford and Curtis Gray and Jack Hinsberger list goes on again. Right. Um, But if you look at Waterloo uh, during that era where they had all those stars, they were only able to go three and three, four and four. Uh, They were never able to go above 500, let alone, you know, even reach a Yates cup right? So I think you need to have a good defense to accommodate a great offense, right? The offense scores points and the offense is flashy, but we all know defense wins championships. And I think right now, if you look at the state of the RSCQ, Laval looks vulnerable, right? And I think if there's any team right now that can step into being that 1C or even fight for that 1B, it's Concordia, right? So if Concordia does want to make a run at, you know, uh, you know taking over laval for that 1b spot and maybe even making a run at challenging montreal they need their defense to step up and be there shut out some teams right get get turnovers force turnovers to turnovers and put your offense in a great position you can't keep relying on your offense to you know win in shootouts and outscore the other team uh so i think they need their defense to step up drastically if they want to make a run i
1: totally agree with you on that
0: but yeah, those are my five teams, man. Uh, do you have any more teams that you want to go over? I mean, I'll be honest. I mean,
1: there's two teams in the OUA that you can never really discount. You know, I would argue that now that there's three, you know, in terms of Guelph, I mean, they're, they're always going to be around. Um, obviously, they've got a great playmaker, right? Clark Barnes. I mean, he's one of the best that, that there is in the nation right now. And, and I also think that that DB, you know, I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, Harrison Ayago, um, you know, having those two guys on either side of the ball, I mean, those are legitimate playmakers that are a threat every time that they're on the field. Um, you know, and, and that's easy to build around, you know, so they can get some decent running and, and, you know, both lines of scrimmage can play well. I mean, golf's going to be, you know, in the mix at the end of the season, you know, what Stefan Patasic can do at Mac, he always finds a way to do at Mac. Um, they're never a program that you can discount. Um, and obviously they have a ton of, you know, ton of playmakers there as well. Um, and, and their whole line typically is pretty formidable. Yeah. Um, so if, if they can provide some protection, you know, get that quarterback sling in the rock a little bit, um, spread the ball around to, to their playmakers. I mean, they're going to be, you know, again, part of that conversation down the road. And, and I'm, you know, this may be biased. I just love what Michael Folds does over, you know, at, at Laurier. Um, you know, the buy-in that that program's got since he's got there, you know, seeing the amount of talent they've put into the next level. Um, I don't think you can discount them. You know, maybe they're not as deep as, as they have been in years past. Um, but that top-end talent's still there. You know, and and I think Michael will will do the best to get, you know, everything he can out of that group. And um, I'm excited to see, you know, what what those guys are able to do, too.
0: I'm with you on those three teams. And uh, when looking at Guelph, Clark Barnes, I can't wait to see what he does this year. I think he's going to be an all Canadian receiver and returner. Uh, I think what we're going to see from him is special, um, especially considering that now Keandre Smith is is gone to the CFL and Clark Barnes is going to be that sole number one receiver or that number one for that team. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does. I think it's going to be crazy to see him tear it up this year.
1: No, and I, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to throw a little bit of respect on, on the Bison program. I mean, you know, Des a fifth year quarterback coming back, you know, he was kind of slated to be one of the top gunslingers in the country last year before he got hurt you know, having him back only losing two starters, you know, on either side of the football, um, a couple all Canadians coming back, a couple high draft picks coming back. Um, it's a pretty balanced program, you know, now, you know, going into this year and, and you know, Hardy cup last year. I mean, that's left a little bit of poison in, in everyone's vein over the off season. And, um, you know, hopefully that group can take a step forward because I, I truly believe that if you put it on paper right now, they're probably the most balanced team in, in the can West um, you know, the most experienced. Um, but yeah, I mean, UBC, Manitoba, you know Calgary, Saskatchewan, I mean the Canada West is the count west, you know. Yeah. You could sit here and say any team has a chance that went in and and that's probably true.
0: Yeah, and when when looking at Manitoba and we kind of talked about this before we went on the air, um they had an amazing season last year, right? Made made it to the Hardy Cup and you know, they did all that without Dez. Right? And I think coming back this year returning a lot of key players, I thought that they were actually in a in a I think that they're in a pretty good position to you know, sit at the top of the conference. Um, but I thought that was going to be with Jackson Tachinsky as the starting quarterback, right? So, so then when I hear that Des is coming back, I'm thinking, oh no, this is different, right? So you're returning a lot of key players. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of players have graduated. A lot of all Canadians coming back. Uh, a couple of CFL combine guys, and then you got the veteran quarterback who's been in big games, who's lost in big games, to be honest, in rather heartbreaking fashion and who has that venom to want to really make his final games count and you know claim that you know conference glory Uh, for me it's like okay that's coming back that's putting manitoba now over the top and putting them in a position to be the team to beat in in canada west
1: and and just to end on that note i mean you look at the defense right and and like you said right you need a good defense there at the end of the year to to be competitive and and win those playoff games and you know, you got two linebackers who I believe are both potential all Canadians and Nick Thomas, who obviously was one last year at the Will spot. You have Isaac Dawkins, who might be one of the best young linebackers in the country. You know, you return Marcelo Ruda-Welch, you know, at the corner spot. You know, he he was an all Canadian playing two games last year. Yeah, yeah. You know, so bringing him back, I mean, you know, that's one of the best corners in the league. Um, You have Cole Adamson up front, right? Who was a third round draft pick with the Bombers. Um, you know, th- th- there's a lot of talent around, you know, across the board here. And um, like you said, I'm excited to see them hit the field, too. But it's going to be competitive in Cam West. It always is.
0: For all you Manitoba players listening right now, you, you hear a coach bigging you up right now? <laughs> That's a proud man. That's a proud coach. Uh, so make him proud. Do your thing. Do your thing. Um, all right, DJ, are there any other players that uh, we didn't go over that you're looking forward to seeing touch the field this year?
1: I mean, Kyle Borsa coming back at Regina. I mean that's an obvious one. I mean, he's, he's kind of been in that national spotlight, right. For some time. I mean, there was obviously some, some earlier hiccups in his career off the field. Um, but since he's been back, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a tough, big, powerful back. Um, that's going to cause some headaches, you know, especially in Canada West. Um, you're looking at Sask. I mean, they had one of the most potent, you know, passing offenses last year as well. And you know, obviously Macker probably opened that up a little bit, but I think that next up uh, the running back Frank there, I mean, I think he's pretty good as well. You got Nighthouse coming back and, you know, at quarterback, and you know, he's a gunslinger. Um, so I think those are a couple guys to watch there as well. Um, and I think you know, Alberta, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. You know, they got obviously Redeem Brown coming back, I think he's one of the best all linemen in the country. You know, obviously had a great camp too in the CFL before he chose to go back to school. And I mean, that defense, they got two DBs there, uh, Blackburn and Taylor. Um, you know, losing Shackle, you know, that that's big, obviously, a president's trophy winner. But if you can have those two young guys step up, um, you know, with the new DC. You know, I'm, the same thing. I'm, I'm interested to see what they're able to do. You know, what, when the bullets start flying. So, um, those are a couple of guys, obviously, that I'm, I'm interested to see. You know, especially in Canada West. And I think Reese Martin, the D tackle out in, uh, on Allison. You know, he, he was a great player last year. You know, got some national recognition. And if he can build off of that, um, you know how the AUS goes. If you can win the line of scrimmage, yeah. you're gonna be okay. Yeah. So, you know, Mount A's got a great one in, in Reese Martin, and I'm excited to see what he's do. You know, yeah. able to do this year.
0: I'm with you on Saskatchewan. I'm actually a really big fan of Mason Nias. I think he had an amazing season last year that was kind of overlooked and underrated primarily because of the play of other quarterbacks across the country, such as Jonathan Seneca, Olivier Roy, and of course, Trey Ford. And I think he was also overshadowed by Adam Mackhart himself, who was kind of the guy for Saskatchewan for a number of years. Um, But we have to remember, he was a Canada West all-star, right? And and I'm curious to see what this year looks like with him as the sole leader of that offense. And then the running back that you were talking about, Riker Frank, he had a great season last year. He split carries with Adam Mackhart and Josh Iwanchino in the regular season. So I think it's going to be cool to see how he steps up going into this year and uh, taking over that, that running back spot. That's been left behind by adam mackhart but we have eight minutes left let's get into conference championship predictions i'm curious to know what you think about the canada west conference
1: i'm gonna say it i'm gonna put it out there bold prediction but i think uh you know i think university of manitoba has been building you know yeah. it's, uh, it's been a while right since 2014 um but i think the pieces are in place um but also i'm gonna give credit to ubc um they're gonna be a really formidable opponent and you know they they could take it too so manitoba bc one of the two out of the west
0: OK, that's solid. Um, I got Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Manitoba, I love what you guys got going on. I think you guys have been building towards this moment for a while now. And you got a lot of key returning players, including Des Catelier, which I think puts you guys over the top to be the team to be in Canada West. Uh, when looking at Saskatchewan, the big thing with them is that they've lost a lot of players. But if there's one thing I know about Saskatchewan is that they have a lot of high quality depth players who are ready to step into those starting roles. They've lost a lot of key players on offense, but I trust that Mason Nias is ready to step up and shine as a gunslinger. And I don't think they've lost many players on defense. So I think they're going to be okay.
1: Except for Pickett and Cherry. Those are two big God. losses. I do I do think Weeb, that middle linebacker there, the transfer out of Oregon, I, I think he's really going to step up in his second year now in Canada. I think he's going to ball out. Um, but losing those two guys on the D-line, I mean, that's tough. I mean, at Manitoba, you're losing Brock Allen-Lock. It's the same thing. Yeah, um, so I'll be interested to see who takes over those spots and if they can have somewhat of the same production that you know both Pickett and Cherry had on the D line.
0: I agree, and uh, shout us to Nathan Cherry by the way. Uh, that man has a good sense of style. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's switch over to the OUA. Uh, DJ, who you got?
1: I got, I mean, how do you how do you bet against Western at home? Like you said to, to at the top of the show. I mean, um, you know what they've the perennial, you know powerhouse. You know they're they're only getting better. They only seem to do more in recruiting. Um, that old line is always, you know, one of the best in the country. They've got multiple running backs that could be preseason all all Canadians. They had a sophomore quarterback that was just the Vanier Cup MVP. I gotta go Western there.
0: Yeah, for me, it's Western. And I think a potential Yates Cup matchup could possibly be Western and Guelph. But I think the OUA belongs to Western right now. I'm looking at Keon Edwards, who I think is going to be a potential OUA MVP. And I think he's going to, like, you know, give us some flashbacks of Dylan Campbell back in the day. And I'm looking at Evan Hillock, who, you know, I want to see what that year two jump looks like. So for me, it's Western all the way. Uh, Okay, let's switch over to the RCQ. DJ, who you got?
1: That's a tough one. I'm going to give it to Montreal just based on experience. I think they're a little bit more battle tested. I think they're a little deeper than Concordia. And I don't think the defensive question marks exist, obviously, at the UDM like they possibly do at Concordia. Um, I think it's Montreal right now. And I think Seneca going into his second year is only going to get better. Um, so, yeah, I, I got the caravan coming out of out of the RSEC for sure.
0: For me, it's Montreal, too. And that is the most complete team as it stands right now in the RSCQ. Again, this was a team that was five seconds away from playing in the Vanier Cup last season. So this is a team that we know is capable of playing in a national championship game. Uh, I'm curious to see what Concordia has this season. If their defense can get it together, I think even making it to a Dunsmore Cup would be a W for that program because they haven't been there in a while. I think Laval's always going to come back with a competitive nature and challenge Montreal for that number one spot in the conference. But as it stands right now, I think the RSCQ belongs to Montreal. Um, all right, over to the AUS. Who you got?
1: Uh, you know, I was, I was kind of going back and forth. I mean, obviously seeing effects is kind of the... Uh you know, I guess probably the common choice, you know, I'm actually excited to see what Bishops can do out there this year. Um, you know, I think they've been building, I think that's a, you know, that's a program obviously with some Quebec roots and they still get some of that Quebec player um, pool. Um, they're understanding what they do now, out in OE, or AUS, sorry. And, and it's a different, it's a little bit of a different game. So I think Bishops will challenge, but I ultimately think that St. FX is going to still continue to, uh, you know, to be the powerhouse
0: out, out East. It's great that you bring up Bishops because I can definitely say if there's one thing I can say about Bishops is that I love the energy around that program. Um, They've made it to two straight Loney Bowls over the last two seasons. Since moving over to the AUS, like you said, they've learned what they're doing and they're starting to experience some success. Uh, They had a really good tail end of the season last year with the upset win over Mount Allison in the playoffs before eventually falling to St. FX in the Loney Bowl. Um, but to me, I think the conference currently belongs to St. FX. I can't bet against Silence Fanyan. Uh I think St. FX is going to come out on top and, and continue to hold their reign over the AUS. Okay, so quick recap. Uh, in Canada West, you got UBC and Manitoba. I got Saskatchewan and Manitoba. In the OUA, we're both aligned it's a Western ting. Uh, in the RCQ we got Montreal, but we think Concordia can make a run. And in the AUS, we think that Saint FX will reign supreme, but we love what we see from Bishops. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good summary right there. Okay, Vanier Cup. Let's bring it home, DJ. Who you got? I'm not gonna jinx
1: nothing, um, so I'm gonna leave you know one one team at bay here. Um, I, I truly think it's gonna be you know Western Montreal. Obviously, I think Washington's gonna win that game to get to the Vanier Cup, and I'm gonna say that the Can West champ will ultimately make it to the Vanier Cup as well okay um, from there I mean western versus you know the, the can West champ um, that that's going to be a battle it's two different types of football I mean I think that's self-explanatory right when you turn on the tapes um, it's tough to bet against western um, but I do think it's you know CanWest West time to to get back on top and, and bring home a, a vanier Cup for the first time since since 19.
0: Okay, so we got Western versus the Canada West champions who shall remain nameless at this time due to obvious reasons. Got it. Western versus the Canada West champions. All right. I like that. I like that. Be more I... specific if you like. I just. No, 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 no. Don't worry. You're good. You don't need to explain anything. We ain't jinxing anything out here. Listen, I think people catch your drift when you say Canada West champs. So uh, don't worry. You don't got to explain yourself at all. But um, listen. Listen. I think it's going to be the Canada West champ making it to the Vanier Cup, and I think they're going to face, I'm torn between Western and Montreal, but I think ultimately it's going to be Western moving on to the Vanier Cup out of the national semifinal, Um, and I think between Western and the Canada West champ, um, I'm taking Western because, listen, they're hosting the damn thing, All right, they're going to pack that house out, and, and it's going to be special. Right now, I don't I just can't see Western losing a Vanier Cup at home in front of their fans because they already have some of the best fans in the country. Right. So uh, between Western and the uh, Canada West champ, uh, I'm taking Western all the way. All right. We're out of time. But before we sign off, DJ, my brother, do you have any final remarks?
1: Uh, you know what i think it's just best of luck and you know congratulations for making it here you know i think covid really tested us you know especially in the game of football across the country and um to see what we were able to do last year in a really shortened season and a weird season with all the different rules and and covid restrictions uh there was still a ton of excitement and now i think with the true off season right no gym closers etc you know i'm just excited for these kids to have a chance to really showcase their own skills um they've been working hard there's there's been some ebb and flows due to covid but I think we're 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 past that now. Um and and new sport football is back and and bigger and better than ever. So, you know, I'm just excited to to turn on the tape every Saturday and you know, see see what kind of action we got coast to coast.
0: Yeah, I echoed that 100%. I think I'm just excited for a normal year. You know what? The quality of football last year coming off COVID and all those hiccups was pretty high and was pretty entertaining. Um, so I'm excited to see what this year looks like without all those roadblocks. I think it's gonna be crazy, and I'm excited to see um, what these athletes have to offer after being able to, you know, have uninterrupted training and preparation for one entire off season. And then also, bro, I'm excited to work with you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're doing your thing as a coach right now, and and taking your time to be here and be with me on this podcast. So I appreciate you, bro. And I'm excited to see what we can do together this season uh, for the culture.
1: And likewise, I'm, I mean, Persevere has been, you know kind of kind of been the go-to shop for, for you sports for for a few years now and um i'm just excited to join the team and you know bring whatever you know knowledge and experience that i have to the table and um maybe provide a bit of a unique insight but um you've done a great job man and and, and i think these kids coast to coast are you know they should they should be happy that someone is is, is out there creating a conversation about them um, so kudos to you kudos to your team um, but you sports football is is here to stay and, and i'm excited to be uh to be chatting about all the great action week to week
0: that's much love. That's much love, bro. But remember, you're a part of the team now, too, bro. <laughs> There's no turning back. You're a part of the team now, fam. So that, that's what it is now. You're a part of us now. Um, but no, listen, a great episode. Uh, before we sign off, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Persevere underscore on Twitter at Persevere underscore and on TikTok at Persevere. Uh, you can find this uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're probably going to put it up on YouTube as well. This is Deshaun Stevens and DJ La signing off. Peace.